0: You are listening to the two sorry excuses podcast. and for that, I apologize. All right, now we're cooking. Good to go. Well, you sound crisp and clear and well fed <laughs> Very good. All right let's uh, let's jump right in. Hello, and thanks for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses podcast, recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal, Sanders. I'm your good buddy, Liv. And if you are keeping score at home, this is episode 85. Nice. Tide edition. The Yuletide edition. The Baby It's Cold Outside edition. The Santa Baby edition.
1: <laughs> the Baby, um, it's cool. That's, uh, that would be the Tony Bennett Lady Gaga edition, I guess,
0: huh? I uh, I like to go Will Ferrell, Zooey Deschanel version.
1: Okay. Well, the hot thing are those Barnes & Nobles commercials that are on constantly right oh, now. Have yeah. you seen that? Have you seen this? Have you seen this?
0: <laughs> I, um... I was just um so as I told you before I'm in a real grumpy mood. Yeah, I got to get up early. I've got like I'm coming down with something. Ugh. And I've been so good over the last I don't know a couple months anyway, taking since I moved back in essentially, um taking my vitamins daily. I take a uh, I take a blood pressure pill. I take, okay. um, I take vitamin C to ward off. Yeah, you gotta take your
1: vitamin C every day.
0: I take, I take, I don't even know. I take two pills. Maybe that's two thousand milligrams. Or I don't. I yeah. To be honest, I have no idea. <laughs> you
1: not go on here lying about that type of stuff.
0: I just take two two pills. Glad to be honest. Then I, um, <laughs> I take a multi day. And then I take two garlic pills, and a I one a day, s- a one a day. Yeah. And then I take some fish oil, and I take a B twelve for <coughs> my, uh, for my palsy.
1: You know, he used to uh, promote those garlic pills, garlic. I don't know if you remember back in the day when George Kennedy did those commercials for it. Uh, I
0: like don't remember. Like in the post
1: Naked Gun days.
0: No, no, I don't remember. It
1: was kind of like a low budget commercial. Would be, hi, I'm George Kennedy. I'd take <laughs> He was, like, in a restaurant or something. It was, a, you know, it, it, it was obviously it was, a budget company, you know. It was just funny. It was George Kennedy because the commercial was kind of budget. It
0: right, was the right. type
1: of commercial that would run while you were watching, like, People's Court or something.
0: Okay, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: You right. know, not, like, doing time television.
0: I can picture it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Real grainy. Yeah. One just, camera shoot.
1: Yeah, it was just crappy. They were in some restaurant you know probably out in california i'm sure right but it was george kennedy for garlic, <laughs> especially the fact that like yeah i thought george kennedy was cool but that's because i was a naked gun fan you know like who the fuck's hired george kennedy as their pitch man in 1990 right. something
0: <laughs> right 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 Well, the same people that uh that hire sam Waterson.
1: yeah yeah <laughs> well he's isn't he? Well, Law and Order went off the air, right? The one that yeah, he was on, right?
0: A couple years ago. I mean, yeah. he was on for a long time. And, yeah, well, that uh, one
1: was on for like 20-something years, right?
0: I think he has some cachet, but still, they're yeah. those kind of random
1: Yeah, I mean, like, if anything, he's like in Woody Allen movies or some shit. Right. You know, Woody Allen movie actors aren't pitchmen.
0: Right. (laughs) (laughs) He does like TD
1: Waterhouse or something, right? Is that what he does?
0: Yeah, that's exactly what he does. All right. right. So, but none of my regimen of vitamins um, has done me any good because I'm starting to come down. I just think it's inevitable, right?
1: Yeah, you're going to get sick regardless. You take it every day to ward off being sickly all the time. But I think it's impossible to not ever get sick, you know? What, um, are you a flu shot guy or not? Are flu shots big down there? Yeah, people get them, but I, even when I was in Boston, I never got the flu shot. I Yeah. I just don't believe in it, man. I have a fear that, like, one day they're going to be like, something's going to come and start wiping us out, and it's like, all you people have been taking the flu shots forever, screwed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I, um, I try not to, um... I try not to, like, I don't know what the word would be, but indiscriminately justify medical decisions. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if the doctor says this is a thing you should do, uh, I generally think it's a thing you should do. I'm not a conspiracy theorist when it comes to big chemical or big what big pharma. Big pharma, right? yeah. I'm, I don't think that... This is all just some rouge to get us to take more medicine and get people, um, you know, richer, the yeah. CEOs of these pharmaceutical companies. However, the the thing that the flu shot, from my understanding, is the thing that the flu shot will save you from is influenza. Yes, the the the, the viral strain that will kill you. Yes. It's a very. It's a serious virus. St- virus. Yep. It 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 doesn't save you from getting a cold. No, it's it's the flu shot. You know what? I'm gonna roll my dice. I'm gonna roll the dice on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think maybe when you're a little older, you should get
0: it. I guess, but I, I guess younger and old. Y-
1: yeah, like little babies and stuff. Yeah.
0: Right, because their immune systems are are kind of shot.
1: Like when I was in Boston, they used to. Coming to office, Well, we're giving out flu shots today. I would never get them, you know?
0: Right. You walk into to the Rite Aid around here, and there's this, you know, six-foot-two tattooed guy with 250 pounds, and uh, his job is to stock the cooler yeah. and give you flu shots.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I see it around, you know, they got all the drugstores all have the little board out front that says, like, uh, about the flu shot or whatever, or low-cost flu shots, whatever the hell it is, or covered by your insurance, whatever the bullshit. They're always advertising for it. Yeah. You know, but I don't, I don't know. They always tell you there's a chance that you might die from the flu shot, too. Of course. You know? And really? in, I was thinking about it tonight, because, you know, you see these commercials for certain drugs, and they always tell you the side effects. But, like, they're promoting the drug. And they had one tonight. I forget what it is. It's something I see all the time, but I can't even think of the name. And I'm like, S- some side effects also include such and such a, an infection of the brain that can be uh, fatal or something. Right. And, and the woman would just say it in like the nice, cheery advertising voice, you know?
0: It's just yeah. so ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It's like uh, something as simple as uh, heartburn or. You know, um, yeah. or or acid reflux disease. And one of the uh, one of the side effects is may produce suicidal thoughts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stop eating sausage.
1: Yep. <laughs> it's like uh what was the I think it was something like Tusk Federa or something like that it's called. It's got a name like that in it. And I don't even know what it does. But that's what it was, and one of the side effects could, in the chance, you could get such and such a br- uh, a brain infection that could be fatal or something. You know,
0: <laughs> it's crazy, man. That's, I um, uh, go on, sorry. Yeah, uh, well, clearly, clearly, I've I've had a a um, I don't say a battle, but a, a a an aggressive relationship with health, fitness, and weight. Yes, for 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 a long time, and a while ago, a couple of years ago, my doctor, when I when I got a doctor, you know that point in life when you, I still don't have a doctor. Ah, uh, see, uh, uh, I have insurance at least. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, I had to year, get
1: that a few years ago. I was like, I better do that before anything happens. I'm screwed.
0: Yeah, a couple years ago, um, I ended up getting a doctor, okay. and. Um, had high blood pressure. I thought I was having these panic attacks. Turned out I just had high blood pressure, but symptoms of high blood pressure, um, at least for as high as mine was, um, were they mimicked a a variety of other ailments. Yeah, yeah. So um, got some blood pressure medication, got that under control, and and he's like, listen, if you're serious about getting yourself... um, in shape read this book and i've had this book forever it's called like eat to live or live to eat or something something along those lines and okay it's the it's the idea that you should be able to get all your nutrients from a plant-based diet yeah not necessarily vegetarian because it does make exceptions and you you know you do have the ability to eat you know some meat or, or, or whatever, but the the theory um, the theory is that a lot of the stuff that ails people now are are anti uh, or um, what are those called autoimmune yeah diseases that you know are probably somehow connected to antibiotics and meat and yeah, yeah, red meat consumption that shit. Yeah. et cetera, et cetera so um, last couple of weeks I've tried to. You can't just go cold turkey. You yeah. Know? You can't cut out sugar and carbs and meat and booze. And so I've tried to be diligent about leaving out red meat. Yeah. Not even because of that whole cancer thing. A cancer thing. Fuck, fuck cancer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, like that's, yep. that's going to get you. If that's going to get you. Yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, if,
1: if one cancer is not going to get you, in the long run, most people die of cancer.
0: Right. You know. Right. It's a breakdown of cells. It's a it's a, it's a deficiency of of our biology on a cellular level. I'd imagine we're not built to be perfect machines forever. Yep. Right. But what I find debilitating or or inconveniencing me as I'm getting older and older and older uh, is just kind of the the soreness and the achiness and the inflammation of the, you know, of the joints or whatever. Yeah. And I think all of that stuff has kind of, I don't know if it's popular science or, or what, but, you know, people are a little more comfortable pointing at certain causes for that kind of stuff. So um, that that stuff kind of runs in my family. Yeah. You know, my mom's got rheumatoid arthritis. Um there's MS in my family, like all those autoimmune type of things kind of kind of bug me, kind of freak me out. So I'm trying to do my job. But of course, um on the day I started this, uh Ange came over to take me out for my birthday and brought me a Fudgy the Whale ice cream cake.
1: <laughs> Carvel.
0: Carvel. Tom yep. Carvel says, Hey, Fudgy the Whale. Happy birthday. Fudgy the Whale. Nice. So, eight days later, nine days later, I'm finally through with Fudgy so I can wash my hands of of all the sin and, uh, and move on. <laughs> Metaphorically, you know? Yeah. So, um... Got a bunch of stuff that I that I want to cover, and uh, I don't know, not a ton of time to do it in. So, what? Um, what do you want to get after, buddy? You want to get after a little Christmas talk? You want to get after a little Thanksgiving uh, recap? How was your Thanksgiving? Yeah, it was okay. I don't
1: really need to recap it too hardcore. Okay,
0: either do I. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs>
1: it was what it was, you know.
0: Yeah. I, um, I'll tell you what, so much so it was what it was, um, was that this year I was actually really looking forward to Christmas. Christmas was um, not my preferred holiday for a long time. Thanksgiving was always my preferred holiday. My birthday, um, you know, you get a little bit of it at school, you get a little bit of it when you come back, you know, from vacation. My birthday would fall either before or after. It, it's just an eating and drinking holiday, and that was that was my preference. Christmas was always real stressful in my house. Yeah, like lots of kids, lots of presents, like just the lead up to it. My mom is a is um yeah. Is a
1: Christmas kind of a- was stressful in my house too. All the yeah. holidays are stressful in my house, but Christmas especially. So I I kind
0: of because uh, <sighs> it's I all kind of-
1: like the same thing. how the kids, it's always an issue with being able to get whatever you want. You know,
0: right. Right, yeah. and everybody approaches it differently, you know, even as little kids. I'm not even talking about blended family at this point. I'm talking about just growing up in it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, I don't know, maybe I had a little bit of a backlash to it, but as time had gone on and kids start to come into the mix and, um, you know, my parents really kind of focus on Christmas, I, I started to adopt... um. A positive attitude towards it and you know got my own house could could decorate it myself and started to get into the spirit i love christmas music but um yeah
1: i, I like th- the music more than i like the holiday i think
0: yeah i like the cold i like being able to kind of go out on a you know a christmas eve and get a drink and, and yeah you know just kind of walk around but uh Thanksgiving kind of chapped my ass a little bit put me into put me in a little bit of a bad mood not, this year did yeah yeah just kind of why what happened didn't didn't really wasn't a smooth transition from Thanksgiving to Christmas uh, maybe my expectations were too high because last year uh, the last couple years have been pretty pretty uh pretty shitty um in well, y'all are in the Poconos though right? Yeah, we're in the Poconos, and last year I had Bell's palsy. I got Bell's palsy, yep. and then that just my recovery it just was like smack dab in the holiday. So I, maybe my expectations were a little too high, and um, they were not met. So I got a little sour um, coming out of the Thanksgiving holiday, and um, but started to get some Christmas tunes playing. Bought a Christmas tree the other day. Yeah, see, that's what's weird. Last
1: year, when I was first here, I got a Christmas tree and decorated it. Now I don't even feel like doing it this year. Yeah. Because cleaning up after sucks.
0: Yeah, that does suck.
1: (laughs) Dealing with the after effects of the tree is what I'm really just trying to avoid.
0: Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. Um, But who knows? I might cave. We'll see what happens in the next two weeks. Yeah, see, I got... Uh, See, I'm a little bummed right now that I don't have Christmas lights up already. The tree is up. It's not decorated. Um, And I have lights that go on the outside of the house. And the house actually looks pretty nice. um, But I haven't gotten a chance to get them up yet. But this weekend is supposed to be beautiful here. Yeah. So I'll probably get it done. But uh, I started getting to the um, holiday viewing Holiday TV viewing spirit. A um, bunch of movies I have um, that I like to watch during Christmas time, and they're all they're all super girly movies. And <laughs> what, like know,
1: Love Actually, or something? Love Actually, yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> The Family Stone, like anything Sarah Jessica Parker touches, you know, is Christmas gold to me.
1: <laughs> I only learned that Love Actually was a Christmas movie in the past couple of years. Oh, it's a good. I've never seen it, so obviously I had no clue what it was.
0: Reardon and I are both big uh, Love Actually fans. <laughs> but um, you know what I was watching while you uh, while I was waiting uh, for you to get home? I was doing some ironing. I got to go to court tomorrow. Um, so I was ironing my one dress shirt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> ironing my one dress shirt, which I spilled coffee all over. Uh, earlier this week, so that was a big disaster. <laughs> um, I watched the Bill Murray Netflix special.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess I got to watch that.
0: And I'm a huge Bill Murray fan, and I don't mind when something is kind of an inside joke. Bill yeah. Murray at this point, I mean, what? I don't know, we make plans to sit and record an hour's worth of conversation that's essentially an inside joke, you know? Yeah. Like if a bunch of people were, were to to dial us up and be like, hey, we don't get it. What, <laughs> what what are you guys doing? Like, well, okay, it's it's really not for you to get. There's really there's really no there's no hidden meaning or message. We're just I don't know, we do it. You like it, you don't like it. You download, you don't download. Who cares, you know? But um, that's the feeling I was getting from from the Bill Murray special. That it was just kind of like it, he decided that he had some time to kill, and he wanted to get a bunch of his friends together and yeah. put on this big inside joke.
1: Yeah, you know what's kind of funny about that. Uh, I was reading a few months ago, it was like a review of the latest Bill Murray movie. What was it?
0: Uh, Rock the Casbah.
1: Yeah, and it was like kind of like a bad review, basically.
0: Yeah, I heard it got panned.
1: Yeah, I was talking about how Bill Murray, you know, is, I don't know, I he's still Bill Murray or whatever, but everything's sort of like an inside joke and the same bullshit now.
0: You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess he's earned the right to do that because he's built up so much goodwill that that if I've got an hour to kill, I'm watching the Bill Murray Christmas special, you know? <laughs> and sure enough, about like 10 minutes into it, I'm like, I'm going to shut this off. This is really painful. It's not even funny. It's not even entertaining. It's not even... Capturing my attention. But about... I don't know, about 15 minutes in... It gets... Uh, it, it gets entertaining. They sing a lot of songs. It's like an old school... Um, Christmas variety show kind of yeah. deal. With a little bit of a spin to it. Because it's got a, a running plot. Or at least a okay. running theme... Throughout the... Throughout the, the, the sketches. Um, and... Kind of random folks. Uh, Buster Poindexter. What's his name? David. Uh... David
1: Johansson. Well, he was in Scrooged.
0: You oh, he, he was?
1: the cab driver. Oh, that's right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, Meyer Which Rudolph. Of,
1: what was he? He was the ghost of some. One of the ghosts.
0: Who else? Uh, Meyer Rudolph. Okay. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, what's... I heard a lot of big names because they've been talking about because they recorded it. You know, they... They recorded it a long time ago. Now,
0: you know, yeah, like May months or so. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um, so it was interesting, and it, it kept my attention. I, I shut it off right uh, just as you dialed me up. Miley Cyrus uh, made an appearance. Who, speaking Miley of Cyrus. the joke, speaking of the inside joke or the jokes on us, like I, I don't know what I'm missing with yeah. her, but um, it's clearly above me. It's yeah, beyond, it's beyond me.
1: Yeah, I hear that. I don't think we're supposed to know what that's all about.
0: Yeah, that's just—it's um, like disturbing a little bit, like train wreckish. Like you want to look away, but you want to see what's happening. Yeah, she's uh, she's just kind of a, a nightmare. I don't necessarily know that she's talented, but I don't know that she's not talented. Yeah, I, can't
1: I get, don't know. I mean, I I don't know. I'm I can't so get past her that. But every time. You know, it's just, I hear about her in passing. I don't watch MTV video awards, but, you know, you go on the social media and you'll see all the chatter about the beef between Miley Cyrus and Nicki Minaj or some bullshit. Right. Right. (laughs) Like it's more, I think it's, I guess it's all like performance art or something, see how
0: much you can,
1: Seeing how outrageous you can be. How much you can that, shock people at this point.
0: And I guess that's the thing. And you know what? That generally doesn't bother me. Like I don't I don't find um Lady Gaga offensive to my senses. You know, I think she's pretty, she's she she's talented. I think Nicki Minaj um, is is pretty talented.
1: Definitely if you if you see that commercial for Barnes and Noble with uh Tony Bennett, she's definitely not even trying to offend anybody there. Yeah, what is she just kinda They're in like the bookstore, but she's in a little green dress, you know, it's tasteful. It's not a she's not in a Lady Gaga costume. She just yeah, looks yeah. like a regular lady, you know. Okay, like,
0: yeah. She she also yeah. did a bunch of um, there's Ameri- just singing there, you know? <laughs> she did a bunch of those American horror story um seasons. Maybe one oh, or two did? seasons. she did? Lady Gaga yeah. did? Okay. Yeah. And apparently she was like people loved her. She was awesome. Yeah, I don't watch that. But <laughs> if you're gonna do performance art, either make it art or make it a performance. The Miley yeah. Cyrus thing is it just feels She's really forced. She's always riding on shit. You know I on,
1: on the uh the friggin' Wrecking ball thing, but I know somebody had seen her in concert down here a couple of years ago and I remember them telling me She was riding on some shit in a concert, like a big pony or some, I don't know, like, you know, a a fake thing or something. But,
0: I mean, I guess that's her shtick, you know? She's always riding on something, sticking her tongue out or humping something.
1: Yeah, it's all about, you know, I don't know. You don't hear anything about anything she sings anymore. No. No. We no. sound like two like of the oldest men in the world right
0: now. <laughs> Waldorf and Stadler from yes. Stadler from the uh, yes from the Muppet Show. Yep,
1: <laughs> that was terrible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll tell you what wasn't terrible. Speaking of Christmas carols, I heard perhaps the gayest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. You mean gayest, like in? Upbeat like a gay old time? No, no, purely homosexual.
1: Oh, okay. We're we're going P.I. here,
0: politically incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> it was the John Schneider, Tom Wopat, Baby It's Cold Outside Christmas song. for when they were on the Dukes of Hazzard show? I imagine. I haven't looked it up, but they are singing Baby It's Cold Outside to each other. Can I tell you something funny about John Schneider? (laughs) What? About a
1: month ago, there was an article in the local paper on uh, NOLA.com, the uh, website for them. John Schneider opened a studio somewhere there, like between New Orleans and Baton Rouge. You know, Uh because the movie making things big here, you get credits. And I guess John Schneider actually is kind of, Produces a lot of stuff. I mean, I didn't know how active he was, but apparently he was the father in Smallville and stuff. He's yeah. actually got games still. So he opened his studio, but they had an article, and the pictures were that I think they were at a cemetery with him, all these John Schneider fans. Apparently, you know, if they got people who are big John Schneider fans, probably people like our age who are Dukes of Hazard fans, you know, growing up. And they pay to go on trips like with John Schneider. No way. Yeah, so they were checking out a cemetery in New Orleans. It was like, you can pay and you can hang out for a day or two hanging out in New Orleans with John Schneider. (laughs) (laughs) And I think there might have been a cruise involved where you could go on a cruise with John Schneider. I mean, I know they do stuff like that, like these bands and stuff do that, you know? Like I think Styx might have done something like that, where you could go on a, a cruise with them. I'm sure Kiss has done that before, but all mm-hmm. these people—it was like 30 people hanging out with John Schneider, uh, walking through an old cemetery in New Orleans.
0: <laughs> um, I, I have a Tom Wopat story. He okay. was a, when guy was working in Hell's Kitchen, um, at Scruffy Duffy's a bunch of years ago. Uh, Tom Wopat was on Broadway. Okay, maybe he was doing uh, Oklahoma or something with Bernadette Peters. It was a, it was a, well, it was a revival of something that he got great reviews for. The Will Rogers Follies. Um, <laughs> Annie Get Your Gun. I'm I think it might have been Annie Get Your Gun. I was
1: trying to think of something Western type that he would be
0: in. <laughs> I think it was Annie Get Your Gun. All right, so, um, he. The, the bar was right around the corner from, um, from Broadway. So a lot of the actors would come in and have drinks. Yeah. Um, who else would do it? Carson Daly um, was big. He was on some – he taped some show in Times Square and he would come Was in that when
1: he was doing Total Request Live?
0: Um, later than that, he had like a late, late, late show. The one that was on NBC? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, very common to see people, famous people in, in this setting. But I see Tom Wopat and I recognize him and he sees that I recognize him. And he gives me a smile and a nod and I give him a smile and a nod and, um you know, kind of cheer my glass at him, but then turn away and talk to whoever I was talking to. And they were like, who's that guy? And I'm like, you don't know who that guy is? (laughs) They're like, no, I have no idea. I'm like, that's Starsky from Starsky and Hutch. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's, uh, what's his name, Glazer, right? That was Starsky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. You didn't it even know who it was. You thought you knew it was you knew it was somebody famous. You just thought it was a different fa- or just, somebody I from an old T V some... show. You just thought it was a different dude from an old T V show.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um I'm trying to find what in what well, two thousand five in two thousand five the Broadway revival of Oh, he was in Glengarry Glen Ross. Oh, okay. And what yeah. He's okay. in the
1: Broadway Glengarry Glen, Glen Ross?
0: Yeah, the revival. And then Yeah, that's when I would have seen him.
1: Yeah, I um I I went to see Django Unchained a couple of years ago. And this is why I like seeing Tarantino movies. <laughs> Cause I'm sitting there in a theater and then they got a scene where it's like they're in a they have a showdown with a sheriff or marshal like in this town earlier in the movie. And I'm like that's fucking Tom Wopat. <laughs> you know, very small part, you know, maybe a right. couple of lines, and it's done. And that's the beauty of Tarantino movies because I'm like, I hadn't seen Tom Wopat in 25 years at that For, point,
0: right? You know, and he,
1: and then, there you go. You go see a Tarantino movie, and he pulls them out of friggin' Mothballs. They have him play a marshal or sheriff in a right. bit part in Django Unchained. Yeah, <laughs>
0: right, right. Ah. <laughs> uh, so, Tom here's the deal. The the song, which is called Johnny It's Cold Outside, um, was just released in 2014. It's a Ooh. new thing. What, It's Cold Outside? Their version of... Whose version? Tom Wopat oh, and John Schneider. John Schneider and Tom Wopat just just did that recently? Just did it, yeah. Huh. And... um. And it is, it's it's a spoof on their bromance.
1: Oh, okay, yes. So it's done ironically.
0: Done ironically, and how long they've been friends and, yeah. you know, how they, they've risen from right. from symbols Because when you were telling me, me that they had
1: that, I was thinking sort of like,
0: maybe it was, do- I
1: was thinking that was something that was done 30-something years ago, sort of in the same way how they had a Santa, I mean, a Star Wars Christmas special. yes. I was like, "Well, Dukes were huge in the early '80s when we were kids. Maybe, they, maybe they did a Duke's Christmas special, <laughs> right?" And that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: And that's what I thought while I was listening to it. But, um, but no, 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 no. It plays on the fact that uh, that they've <clears> been in a long running bromance, <clears throat> and uh, long
1: running bromance.
0: They, 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 they treat it as such. <clears throat> you know. They treated as such, so it's not meant to be a spoof. It's not a send up, but it's it's their own take. It's kind of funny. Yeah. It's kind of funny. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. So maybe it's cold outside. Um what else you got? Uh Christmas related.
1: Well, not really Christmas related. All I guess. right then,
0: fuck Christmas. <laughs> yeah,
1: unless you got more <laughs> stuff to talk about Christmas. No, I got
0: no Christmas stuff. I got a couple things I got to fess up to before we get out of here, but
1: yeah, yeah. Other all than right, that... we got about another half hour to go or so—twenty, sure. or 20, twenty-five minutes, whatever we got. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, I'll tell you something funny. Since the last time we recorded, hell, that was. Before
0: Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving?
1: Before Thanksgiving,
0: huh? It was before Thanksgiving, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of shit that's gone down. Especially down here where they thought they were going to fire friggin' uh, Les Miles.
0: Oh, yeah. I can't believe he still has a job.
1: Yeah. uh, You know, it's kind of funny. but. (laughs) Yeah, everybody. Was, a lot of people were very happy he was getting fired. My dad was very happy because he's been calling for Les Miles Head for years now. You know, he just can't stand him. So I'm, I haven't seen him since they said he was going to keep the job. I haven't seen right. my dad. I haven't talked to him since then. <laughs> so I know he's going to be – I know he's pissed about that. Right. But uh. so anyway, you know, he went from being – Dead man walking, you know, until it got out that he was definitely being fired. So that last game of the season against Texas A&M, you know, I watched it on the ESPN app, you know, and they showed, they were following him all the way to the end. He was getting standing ovations. They even went so far as ESPN because the girl that was the sideline reporter, the lady that was the sideline reporter, was trying to talk to him, and he was going to, but he was like, wait, I got to sing the alma mater. So they showed him singing the alma mater. You know, and then his kids join him, and he's telling his son how he's going to be in the dome next week to watch him play football because uh, his son plays for a school called Catholic High of Baton Rouge, and okay. I guess they had won that weekend, and they were going to play in the dome last Friday, uh, which was the Friday just passed. <laughs> All right, so he's like, "I'm going to be there." And then, then it was within hours or so. Later, you heard, oh, he's not getting fired. (laughs) I guess they had decided during the game, they had a meeting, like the president of the university and all this shit were like, well, we can't fire him, you know? Right. I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that, A, Louisiana's kind of a poor state. Uh, LSU's had budget crunches, and, you know, they haven't been able to spend a lot of money on stuff. And even though this was going to be paid by donors – it was going to cost like $15 million for his
0: buyout. The donors think, were stepping up to get rid of him?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Donors, which, which I had made jokes about before that. I was like, this kills me. It's like all the times they were announcing that they were going to cut programs and they have all these budget cuts, you know. You never hear, you know, all these donors were probably like, yeah, it sucks. It's too bad, you know, but then it's like, We need $15 million if we want to fire the coach. Guy's like, we can have it tomorrow.
0: Right, right.
1: (laughs) Don't come up with that money to fire the fucking football coach. (laughs) Cash cash in a
0: brown paper bag.
1: Yes. Come up with a million dollars to save a couple of professorships. That shit ain't happening. Right. (laughs) 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 So, uh, so they save him, you know, instead. Well, um. So let's jump ahead. Uh, last Friday, uh, you know, we the guys I graduated with, you know, they're always trying to keep things together, you know, keep like a little, you know, occasionally let's get together like once a year or some shit just for guys to keep in touch who maybe you've never seen anybody, like little mini reunion things, you know? Right. So we don't really do it that often. Actually, it's once every like three or four years it happens, I guess. But um, one of the guys that graduated with us, he's in business with, uh, he's a chef. And he's in business with John Besch. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's kind of a prominent chef right now. Okay. But um, so one of his ventures he has with him, he's he's got an ownership stake in it. But John Besch was the one who's the majority holder. But it's this uh, restaurant. It's in the Hyatt downtown new orleans a couple blocks away from the dome and it's a it's a nice restaurant it's been open probably like three or four years now it's really popular it's a great spot to go to get a really good meal like if you're going to like a saints game or anything you know uh so last friday because because the guy brian landry graduated with us as the chef and runs the place he he hooked us up with a deal you know he's like yeah i'll host it you know we'll so we did open bar for like three hours, and they brought all kinds of food to us. But it was the same night they were doing the uh, the select high school championship games, you know? Okay. Which, which was in the Dome that night. So there was lots of people there for the other teams, you know? And there was a big gathering of people for Catholic High, where Les Miles' kid goes. But we're like in this little area, and then there's a little table inside there, like a few feet from where the little – area where we're hanging out and drinking is, and at one point, one of the guys was like, that's Cam Cameron right there, who's the offensive coordinator for LSU. Right. He was, uh, you know, he was offensive coordinator for the Ravens who they fired the year they won the Super Bowl a couple of years yep. ago. Uh, you know, but Cam Cameron, he's kind of controversial because he's tied to Les Miles, you know. Uh, and I oh, that's Cam Cameron, okay. Well, then like, uh, at one point, you know, and this is probably like 6.30, I don't know. It's getting late. Everybody's had a few drinks in them. Uh, they had all this gathering of, uh, they had a big table right in the other side of the partition where we were of all these uh, Catholic high people. And it was, and the tables were between, uh, the, the bar was one side right there, and then there was a little area than the tables, you know. And, and then there was a partition where on the other side of that. But the table of Cam Cameron's inside the partition. Well, then a few minutes later, we notice, hey, look at that, and it's Les Miles comes walking through. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, he comes walking through, and he's got his white hat on. You you ever see the way he wears a hat? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's kind of ridiculous. He wears the hat like it's brand new, you know? Right. Like, like really up top, but it's a but it's a Catholic high hat, because his son plays for Catholic high. <laughs> yeah, you know, and he comes walking through, and all those Baton Rouge Catholic people, he's got to say hi to him and all this shit. But then he to get to the table, Cam Cameron, he has to walk through us. <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny because this guy was like the most hated man in Louisiana, like friggin' eight days earlier. You know? But he comes walking through and he just happens to walk past me and this me and this other guy, Kelly, who I'm with. You know, and Kelly shakes his hand. So I'm right there. I was like, all right, shake his hand. He was like a conquering hero a politician <laughs> and it was like like nothing had ever happened <laughs> how
0: how is he as it how is he as a guy like as a public figure I'm, I'm i'm sure he's okay as you know a husband and a dad or whatever but as a public figure is he is he congenial is he nice like why do people why oh, do people course, hate him of
1: course i mean he that's why he shook our hands he's a politician you know
0: alumni just I mean, wanted him out cuz they haven't won
1: it's it's the Nick Saban effect, you know, because they've lost uh, – what was it? They lost the 2012 BCS game to Alabama. Then they lost the 2012 regular season game, 13, 14, 15. So that's five losses to Alabama in a row,
0: you know? Okay.
1: He he is the winningest coach in LSU history. I think he's a putz personally, but I'm not a big LSU fan. I don't care, you know? Right. But um, but in any other time, he probably would have been fine. This is the issue, though. Who was the coach before Les Miles at LSU? Nick Saban. Yes. So the problem is he's always going to be compared to Nick Saban, and that would have been one thing had Nick Saban gone to the NFL and stayed in the NFL, you know, or, or come back to college but gone to Michigan or somewhere else or USC. Right. But Nick Saban came back and went to Alabama, you
0: know right, right
1: <laughs> who fucking you know they beat LSU more times than not, and they've beat them five times in a row now, you know and it's and it's like that's the problem, like you know when I was when we back in the eighties if LSU went to the Sugar Bowl, it was the biggest deal in the world. Now it's like if they're not winning the national championship, fuck he's gotta go, you know. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. So that's why everybody wants him out of there, but it's all because of not being able to beat Alabama. If he would have beat Alabama two of those five games, you know, that wouldn't be the call for it. You know, it's it's the saving effect. And I was actually reading an article about that couple of weeks that Jacob sent me last week. It was about the saving effect in the SEC in general. You know, like Mark Richt got fired after going 9-3 and three this year. Right. You know, and Mark Rick, yeah, he never won a national championship, but he probably averaged nine wins a year.
0: Yeah, huh. you know? I would give anything for that.
1: Yeah, but it's but it's because it's compared to Nick Saban, who's beating the hell out of everyone and winning multiple national championships. That's your competition, you know. So, but like Les Miles hasn't won anybody because. The LSU people are just like, fuck, if Nick Saban was just still here, <laughs> we would have won eight national championships, right, you know? Right, right. So, so he deals with that. I mean, also, he makes he's made so many, like, uh, clock management errors that have gone down in history. You know, it's just, you know, he's an infuriating guy. But that night, he was fine. There was nothing wrong with it. You know, everybody in that restaurant loved him. Plus, I think even if I would have got my dad there, he wouldn't have said anything shitty to him. Right, right. You know? It's like, here, Dad, you, you can say, you can tell him how much of an asshole you think he is. He's right here. Go and tell him. Go. He never would have done that. Hmm. So, but it was, it was, um, it was pretty funny.
0: Did his son win? seeing, seeing him there.
1: Yes, and Catholic High upset Rummel,
0: oh, which is a school. For- I know Rummel. Yeah, they.
1: I think they. I think they went and play Don Bosco Prep
0: this year. Well, mostly from your, from your explanation of the, yeah. of the Catholic non-Catholic league uh, football yeah. scene.
1: But I do think they. I think they went there and maybe lost by like a field goal or something to, to Bosco. It was like a close game up there. Yeah,
0: Bosco wasn't even the number one ranked team in New Jersey oh really they um they won the state championship um as a number two seed, oh okay, I don't know who who the number yeah,
1: one I seed. know Roman went up there to play them earlier in the season, that was the only game they lost till the other night, you know, and they lost on last second field goal thirty one twenty eight which is which I'm perfectly fine with you know? right. Here i'm gonna I'm gonna share something with you. Um so, so they won the last second field goal. But um now Syracuse has a new football coach. They though. do
0: have a new football coach. What do you think about that?
1: I think it's awesome. I mean, I don't know, maybe he won't be success maybe it'll be successful, maybe he won't be. But at least they're doing what they should be doing. Hiring a coach that's gonna run an, a friggin' high temp- up tempo offense when we play in a dome.
0: Okay, makes sense.
1: You know, we play in a a stadium where you should be running a spread or something, you know? Like, think about how explosive our offense was there when we were in college. Yeah. You remember? We used to score like 60-something points in games. Sure, I
0: love that offense.
1: Yeah, I mean, that offense that we were running with Kevin Rogers was the offensive coordinator. You know, it was good enough that Notre Dame hired him away to be their offensive coordinator, but then he kind of fizzled out. But, you know, they were – they used to score points, man. I remember we used to – you know, if there was crappy teams on our schedule, we were always putting up at least 50-something against them. Right. You know, but even against good teams, we could put up 40-something points. You know, it's just ridiculous. You know, um, but with that being said, I did like Scott Schaefer. It's just that he wasn't getting the job done, you know. I mean, they had to make a move when they made the move, and I'm surprised they got the guy they got, you know, because I thought that guy – I didn't think Syracuse would be the school to get that guy because he was a hot candidate, you know? And, I mean, I know that originally they want that Scott Frost guy, you know, who was the offensive coordinator at Oregon, or as I more remember him as – the quarterback in Nebraska back in the day, yeah, you know. But he took the Central Florida job, and people were really freaking out, like, "Oh my God, we lost the coach to Central Florida." Who didn't? So the idea was still getting the, Dino Babers papers guy. Yeah. Hey,
0: you're breaking. uh
1: actually a record as a head coach.
0: You're, breaking, you're up. breaking up a little bit.
1: I don't know what that's about. I'm not doing anything. Oh, you're
0: back now. Maybe it's all right. Move the phone back onto my stomach. Hey, there we there go. There you go. <laughs> Are we good? Yeah, yeah, you're good. You're good. So yeah, Dino Babers got um, Babers. Is that how you say it? Babers, Babers. Babers yeah. Um, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't have a sexy resume, but he's got experience, man. Yeah, I mean, he's been around the block. I mean, Paul
1: and Green was what were they? Their their offensive ranking this year was pretty high, you know. And he was like, he was on the staff. At Baylor, when Robert Griffin was there, Mm -hmm. then he went to Eastern Illinois for a couple of years. While he was at Eastern Illinois, that guy Jimmy Garoppolo, you remember, he was the the big steal of the draft. The Patriots drafted him, and he's now Brady's backup. He won he won the Walter Payton Award, which is the D one Double A Heisman, because of Babers' offense. Right. You know, so I mean, if nothing, you know. At least we should be able to put up points on the board. And, uh, and they need that because how boring was Syracuse football to watch? Very, very boring. I mean, that's why it was fun watching that Dungy kid because he was actually doing stuff, you know? Stuff that we hadn't seen from, like, a Syracuse quarterback in a while. You know, a guy that was dynamic. You know, I mean, when Maroney Marone was there. Yeah. Marone, the friggin' offense was always boring, you know, and that's the high point of the 2000s at Syracuse, you know. I mean, they need to at least give people a reason to come watch the team.
0: You know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Who um, who did it come down to? Was he their first choice? Well, I, mean, I think Scott Frost yeah, might have been their first choice. Yeah, he was the choice. first choice. Okay. Yeah, but
1: Dino Babers, I think, was the second choice. All right, Yeah. You know? So I think I think it's fine, and I actually don't think I think it might have even been the better choice because you know he Scott Frost has been out at Oregon for a few years. You know, I mean, how much experience can he have recruiting out here or out up there? I mean, Babers was in Ohio the past couple of years. He should have contacts in the type of places where we want to be.
0: Yeah, you know? I, I would rather get. I'd rather get a guy with some head coaching experience with a little less of a ceiling than a guy without the experience and a tremendous ceiling. You know what I mean?
1: Well, here's another thing. We get Scott Frost. He's in his 30s. Scott Frost has success at Syracuse, and he's gone, you know? Right. Unless, miraculously, he turns it into... Some huge football factory, but I doubt that, you know? Dino Babers is 54. If he has success there, he's probably not going anywhere else, you know? Yeah. At that age, you know, where are you going to go? You're, you're going to be running around looking for other jobs when you're, like, 59? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I will be, but um, I don't think a, prof- a a a college football coach... Uh, yeah
1: well. i mean i guess he could like dennis erickson was always moving to different jobs yeah but i doubt he will be you know i mean i look at it that way if we get 10 years out of the guy and it's 10 like really good syracuse years you know like winning eight games
0: and stuff right
1: i'd be really happy you know yeah but i, I will say this much scott schaefer's last game was against boston college and he won And he was 2-1 against Boston College. And before he was hired, there was a big clamor to hire Boston College's coach, like Steve Adazio. You know, Rob Conrad won him. All these guys were like saying, oh, that's who they should hire because he was an assistant there back in the 90s.
0: Right, right.
1: Whatever BC has for how awesome their defense is, and by all accounts, they had a great defense this year. They were... Ranked in the top, I think they were even ranked in the top five in the country. You know, they had a really good defense. Syracuse beat them. They went, I think they won like four games on the season or something, yeah. if that. You know what? And, and they're not look. And he's and he was there as long as Shaver, and they're not even talking about getting rid of him. So I don't know what they do, but but I'm I'm happy we're starting over with an offensive coach.
0: You know. Yeah. Listen if uh, if we can get to a bowl game and have a decent team, you know, fun to watch.
1: Yeah, and occasionally beat like Florida State and Miami and Clemson. Just be in it, you know? Give yourself yeah, a shot. Yeah, yeah, it'd win. be tough. Yeah, not getting not going into it thinking, oh fuck, we're going to lose this one, you know?
0: And I wouldn't mind some stability. Yep. Need some stability. You know, well, we had two coaches over 25 years, over a 25-year period. Four coaches over, what, a 55-year period? Yeah. Right? I mean, who
1: was that? Schwartzwalder. Was one guy in between Dick McPherson and Schwartzwalder? Yeah.
0: Frank Maloney. Maloney. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's just been a revolving door of, it's a clown car.
1: Yeah, I mean the problem though. See, the problem was they just got too stagnant. That was what happened with Pascal He was there too long. Yeah. You know, I mean they they quit recruiting as well. They didn't adapt to the fact that these other teams, like like when Paul Pascal first got there, UConn wasn't a, you know, they were Division One Double A. Right. You know. Rutgers was completely nothing, you know. And in that time, you know, UConn moved up. All these other teams start moving up, and places where we used to go to get players, you know, because obviously the recruiting's not as well, not as good up there as it is like down here. But when you were like one of the few shows in town, you know, you could find enough good players around the northeast because there weren't that many Division One A schools. Right. But then, whereas you used to just be getting these guys, now you had to compete with UConn for them, you know? Because there were a decent number of guys that came from, like, Connecticut, you know, Long Island, um, you know, downstate New York and stuff, but, and then even New Jersey. But he, it got even hard. We, we started losing our foot in New Jersey, especially when Rutgers started uh, actually trying to win at football, you know?
0: not necessarily succeeding, but trying to win at least.
1: Yes. Yes. I mean, and once, and then Penn state being in the big 10, it kind of opened up New Jersey to other schools, you know, like Wisconsin I know is always trying to recruit guys out of New Jersey if they can, you know, stuff that used to be where it'd be like, all right, maybe we're not going to beat Penn state or Notre Dame for these guys, but, but we could get the guys they didn't want and still do all right.
0: Now we're competing against a lot more of those schools, you know. Hey, speaking of Notre Dame, is that game next year? Is that part of the that old Notre yeah, Dame? Yeah, I think that's the end that's the of last the contract.
1: Month? Yeah, I think that's the end of the Meadowlands games.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I'm, uh, not, I'm not super excited I'm, about it. No, I'm not
1: overzealous about that for one you know it's like it's it's kind of a pain in the ass for me because it means i got to take a vacation yeah you know and actually going to syracuse is a lot cooler than you know right taking out more time to go up there for that next year you know what i'm saying i I hear
0: you i hear you i live here and i don't even want to do it
1: (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it could be interesting, especially if, you know, if we're running the new, you know, whatever. But I'm just not rushing out to go do it, I guess. That's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't think we're going to have um, a whole lot to cheer for next year. Like, none of those are his guys. They're, he's going to be putting in a new system. Um, Understandably so. You know, if. if but uh, they win a couple games. They they show some improvement. You know that'll be good enough. But the year after, I think that's when when things if they're gonna click, that's when they'll start to click. Yeah, so I don't. I mean, I don't know who Notre Dame has coming back. I don't know what their team's supposed to look like next year. But I don't imagine it's gonna be pretty.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it might not be bad. Uh, yeah, years.
0: I mean, I know your take on Notre Dame. It's always the same. And uh, what's that? You, that they're always they're always overrated. They're never as good as this year. They were supposed to be good, and they are all right this year. And you know, you, know, you generally approach them as a beatable team.
1: Well, yeah, because they are a beatable <laughs> team. Look at their record. <laughs> I mean, if Boston College beats you more times than not in the past ten times you played them. Which I think they have, you're a beatable team.
0: Right, right. I just don't think that we're we are the team that's beating them.
1: No, but but Greg Robinson beat friggin' Notre Dame. Yeah,
0: I know. <laughs> but even a broken clock is right twice a day.
1: <laughs> what so you saying Greg Robinson would always beat Notre Dame? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Two out of twenty-four, maybe. <laughs>
1: Um. No, because they are a beatable team. Because Notre Dame, doesn't, they might be all right, but they just don't have the same. They got good talent for up there. But, you know, they're sluggish. You know? Yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, look at when they played
1: Alabama in that game a few years ago. They didn't have a shot.
0: Uh, the Manti Teo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That team was super overrated. If, I'll give you that.
1: Of course they were, because that Notre Dame teams are always overrated, but they were undefeated, you know? Yeah. I mean, this year I think they were supposed to be better than that team, but um, well, but still they lost twice. Well, their mean, thing Clemson is, Stanford.
0: because they play that independent schedule, um, or at least semi-independent at this point, yeah. they – they pack on a lot more name recognition than they do actual talented opponents.
1: Yeah, well, now, like they used to, like Notre Dame, this is what they, they did do. I mean, there's no question about this. They explicitly did this. They used to always play a schedule where basically every team on the schedule was tough. Right, they play USC. They might have one Patsy, and it really wasn't even like – it would be like Vanderbilt occasionally or somebody like that, you know? But they were never playing like – like this year they played UMass. They used to never do stuff like that. Right, right. But but they realized they were getting killed during that, so they did start putting teams like UMass and, you know, other lesser lights on the schedule because it was killing them. But still, I mean – I don't know. They never put fear into me because even when I watch them, they're never like they're never really dominating anybody. You know. No,
0: you're right. They they played two legitimate teams this year and lost to both of them.
1: Yeah, but they're never dominating anybody. Hey. Yeah, I didn't mean to put you on hold. My mother's calling. Probably because I'm something about picking up my brother from the airport, I'm sure.
0: Uh-huh. You know?
1: We probably should wrap it up then, I guess.
0: Alright, alright. Well, uh, well, that's
1: too well, we gotta we'll wrap it up. We'll call it quits.
0: Something. We'll call it quits. Well then uh then on that note.
1: I don't know. But anyway, I think Notre Dame sucks. <laughs>
0: Okay, right. (laughs) (laughs) Then on that note, (laughs) I will. um, I'll save my shit in my pants, Patrick's crazy story for next week.
1: Hold on to that. Also, we're in the middle of Jim Beheim suspension
0: season. Oh my god, the Georgetown game was absolutely horrible. Yep. Uh, Going to the St. John's game this weekend. I think. But St.
1: John sucks. We better win.
0: Yeah, St. John sucks. I'm not gonna be with. uh, Liz Stillman? Liz Stillman, who is my St. John's running mate for years and years. This is the first time in a long time. She's stood me up. Uh, she's out of town, so uh, I'm going to be taking in the game with the uh, with the fair Roscoe. Oh,
1: okay. Well, it turns out I don't even have to go to the airport.
0: Well, there you go. Just got How'd a text like
1: message. Kid Miss Flight won't be here till Friday. All right.
0: Who's that, your brother? Yeah,
1: yeah. He's in Guatemala. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he missed the flight like he was trying to get to the airport. I think he intentionally missed the flight. Right. You know.
0: Right.
1: Um. So hey, man, if you want to air your grievances, the time to air grievances is now.
0: No, no, let's hold on to that. We can. Uh, All right, we can do that next week. We can do that next week. A little teaser there. Yeah, a little That's teaser. Uh,
1: you gonna be in hanging? The industry. So you gonna be down in uh, where are they playing? Are they playing at Madison Square Garden?
0: Yes, MSG. We're gonna uh we're gonna drive up to Seacaucus, take the train into oh, Madison Square Garden. I'm so jealous. Um, I've never been to a game in Madison yeah. Square
1: Garden. You haven't? No, all I've done is walked by Madison Square Garden.
0: <laughs> oh man, it's like a it's like a Syracuse home game. This year will be even more so.
1: Yeah. That Georgetown game was like a Syracuse home game, but the problem was doesn't matter where you are if you friggin' don't have any
0: rebounders. Yeah, that was super painful to watch.
1: Well, you know, that's the problem. Our team is too short. We have no size. It really (laughs) is. Like that guy, that seven-footer who they're like, oh, he's really coming alive. It wasn't because he's like all of a sudden good and we suck. It's because he's seven feet tall and we have no one that can defend him. Right. Oh, it sucks. But the game against Wisconsin, they blew. But the game against Wisconsin, they blew because, yes, they got a rebound of 51 to 25. But also... They went eleven of twenty from the free throw line. Yeah. If anybody been in the, the the end of the game, Benajay missed a bunch of free throws. Like while we were in regulation, anybody makes one of those, we win the game. Oh. that's true. That was so frustrating, man. But we can't re- even. Colgate, I think, was even with us on the boards last night.
0: Yeah, that wasn't – I turned that on after you told me you were watching it. Yeah, I
1: mean, I turned on the second half because that's when I got home, you know.
0: We started to pull away after five minutes.
1: It's going to be a long season because we have no size, man. No. you know, I mean, next year we'll have that seven-footer who transferred from um, Providence, but that does us no good this year.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: It's rough. You know, it kills me watching our team just get killed. Giving up offensive rebound after offensive rebound because it's just
0: like, come on, man! You know who I'd like to have? Who's that? The kid from Sparta.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, but he still wouldn't do us any good because he's only six eight. I mean, he'd be good for depth. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. like, he wouldn't give us—he wouldn't have given us any more presence against the seven footer for Georgetown this weekend. Than any of the guys we had out there were given anyway, you know? Because he's that's the same fair. size as uh, Leiden, you know? But yes, I wish we had him because that is the problem we do have that's going to bice in the ass. We have no bench.
0: You no. know?
1: Caleb Joseph is a wasted
0: scholarship. Yeah, he's just kind of disappeared, huh? Yeah, he sucks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they put him in every now and then, but he can never
0: do the right thing to stay in the court, you know? He. I wonder what it is. I wonder if 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 he's, his basketball IQ isn't high enough, if he doesn't have the confidence. Cause, I mean, he just doesn't look like a very good basketball player.
1: Yeah, I mean, he goes in and he's just, it's just a mess. Like the other day, was it against Georgetown or was it against Wisconsin? I don't know. He got into the game and... First thing he does is call his own number and run under and take an ill-advised <laughs> fucking run into the lane. He had no shot. And, of course, you know, it, it was knocked away, you know?
0: Right. He does do that. He loves to call his own number.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah, so I don't know. I have faith. It's just that, you know, I'm not stupid. And there's a lot of... uh Bad omens watching the way we're playing right now, even against a team like Colgate, who we're going to beat just because we're going to beat Colgate because we're more talented than them. But, like, right. you know, gone even with the boards against Colgate, it's going to be rough in the ACC.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I'm sure we must have the smallest lineup in the conference at this point. We're going to have one of the smaller lines. I mean, because even, like, Dewan Colvin's Coleman's only 6'9", like you know? Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. And he didn't even play that much against Wisconsin. I don't know what he did to piss off friggin' well. I know what he what Boeheim claimed he did, that he missed a couple of uh, rotations early in the game and gave up a couple buckets, and that's why he never played again. But but I think he played all right in the second half against Georgetown. Problem is yeah. they let themselves get they let themselves get down too big, man.
0: Yeah, but you don't have the firepower to come back from that. Yeah, I
1: mean, they could have come back from a 12-point deficit at halftime, but they let it balloon to 20, you know? Yep. That game was so frustrating, the the number of charges in that game. And in effect, you watched it, right? Yes. Dude, they definitely weren't officiating it like it was an old Big East game, but all the way around. You know, not even, I'm not even saying they, they were unfair with the whistle. I'm just saying they kept blowing the whistle constantly both ways for every little fucking thing, and it was frustrating to watch. You know? Yeah,
0: for lots of reasons. I
1: mean, I thought course. it screwed up the flow of the game, the way the referees kept blowing whistles on everything. Yeah,
0: there was no flow. You're right.
1: Yeah, you know, and that was the big problem. You know, and that was our problem against Wisconsin, no flow, because Wisconsin played that slowdown type of thing. And that's what we need. We need we need we need to be able to run a fluid offense. You know? Any team that's got somewhat decent talent that's gonna uh run the slowdown on us is gonna screw us up. You know? But any guy that wants to go play at Wisconsin, fine, let you go. You're boring if you <laughs> want to go play there. You really are. You really are, you know? Yeah. And like those guys <laughs> You might as well be Carlton Banks if you're the black guy on Wisconsin. <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> what? What? like what basketball player wants to go play in that offense, you know? <laughs> you know who wants to go play in that offense? The goofy, fundamental white guy with the German last name. <laughs> 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 Which is what 75% of that team is, I believe, you know? <laughs> Right, Uh, but uh, it it offends me that it does beat us, but it shouldn't have beat us. We played shitty that night. We still should have won that game. So, too many giving up, too many offensive rebounds. But uh, anything else? Anything?
0: Anything? anything? No, that's uh, that's it. We'll wrap that up um, on that note. With apologies to Kirk's brother, we'll see you guys next week.
1: Good night, Fredo. Good night, Gertz
0: brother. <laughs>